Like dur 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 mm. I kind of give up though then. <laughs> Basically we really like our theme tune. I also forget to say every single episode, so I'm gonna say it right now. Our theme song's by Graham Waller. Um who is part of a band called Glitterwolf. Glitter yeah. The album's called Spectrum. Um And we do love our theme tune even if we can't sing it ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a singing along one. You wouldn't put lyrics to it. Well, let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> well, that'd fit, the, that'd fit the theme. It would need to be like, <laughs> yeah, that's unfriend. Which I think. <laughs> what? I'm frightened. I thought you said unfriend. That <laughs> <laughs> too. Just like. If you talk to me in that voice again, you're going to be unfriend. Just like being in a conversation with someone going, unfriend. <laughs> to be honest, that doesn't like, sound like something I would say. Yeah. Okay, welcome to the Poltercast. Yes. And I'm Tiffany. I'm Hamish. And um, remember to say our names at the start. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the most unstructured uh, thing we do. Um, but essentially the concept of this show is that we research ghost uh, stories. And ghost adjacent stories. Yeah. And uh, try and spook each other with them. But we always... End up laughing at each other. <laughs> which is fun. Um, my one today is really spooky, actually. Is that the one that you kept yourself up at night? Yeah, I I, I, I I wrote it last night and uh, <laughs> really scared myself. <laughs> um, but first, I want to ask you a question that's been um, bugging me. It's not really. It's just that like I'm desperate to put something amusing at the start <laughs> of an episode, and this sounded funny. Um, Star Wars, mm. ghost story or not? Um. It has ghosts it has in ghosts it. Ghosts in it. it. Has ghost content. <laughs> Technically, Luke is a haunted child. <laughs> <laughs> like, hmm. Basically, does a force ghost count as a ghost? I mean, yeah, I guess it's just like isn't like the force their way of explaining ghosts, hmm. as opposed to like are force ghosts separate from ghost ghosts in the Star Wars universe. Oh, well, I'd have to check Wikipedia. <laughs> like, do they have ghosts that aren't force ghosts? Do they have actual ghosts? What, what what would the difference be other than, like, a force ghost is the ghost of someone who's force sensitive? Is Aren't force ghosts something that the, the actual person who is the ghost has to, like, train how to do? Or is know. it the person who's being visited can, like, access ghosts? I don't know. Unlimited ghost access. <laughs> Um, uh, I don't know. This isn't much of a debate. Neither of us know the answers. But the thing is, like, when the force ghosts show up, they're not ever summoned, really. They only come up to plot significance. 
yeah, like, you know, they either come at the end of when everyone's dancing with the Ewoks just to see what's going on, or... <laughs> sometimes they look like their young, sexy self, sometimes mm. they look... Or, spoiler alert for Last Jedi, they show up to burn a tree down, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, they have, yeah, they have, they seem to have powers. Mm. They're just, like, versions, they're just of themselves that aren't always there. <laughs> I mean, that could be said about me as well. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, this is the podcast. And we debate serious ghost. Well, we're trying to get issues. to the bottom of all, of all ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I know, I am. <laughs> um, Speak for yourself, Hamish. It's the dream. Okay, um, do I go first? Yes. Oh my god. Okay, so the today I'm doing a very famous one. I'm pretty you sure you... Were, yeah, you warned me about... Well, not warned me. You gave me a clue. It was heavy hitter. Well, yeah. I don't... We, the heavy hitter term comes from <laughs> my favourite murder. And I feel like that's half very famous, but also half they, like, killed a lot. Yeah. So, which usually makes them very famous. I can't really... You can't really qualify that in ghost terms. They scared a lot. Heavy... It's just that this one's a very famous. Heavy spookers. And I think you might have heard of it. Super spookers. Super spookers. So this is a super spook. Okay, a super spook. Nah, it sounds like a big, big ghost. It's <laughs> <laughs> the, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah. Um, Say so like Saint Huge. Saint <laughs> Huge. Um. What can you a, a a big boo. <gasps> a big boo. <laughs> okay, this is a big boo. Um. So, a lot of my information first comes from uh, an interview, well, an, an article by Will Storer in The Telegraph, as well as a documentary that I'll post on our Facebook group, <gasps> and also Twitter and everywhere. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and this is The Enfield. Yeah, I thought you might have been that one. So, how, how much do you know? Um, I've seen various yeah. adaptations. So, um, yeah, the Enfield podcast is the basis of the film The Conjuring 2. Um, footage from it is used in the film Ghost Stories, which I mentioned a few uh, yeah. episodes ago. Um, there's also an Enfield Haunting mini-series with Timothy Spall yeah, from a few that. years ago. Yeah. So you'll this will be familiar. It's also the basis for Ghost Watch, oh, which is awesome. my favourite thing, which we'll watch one day. Yeah. You need to be ready for it. Um, loosely based on that. Um and it's pretty famous, and I thought we should do it. Yeah. Because it's probably very famous to British people. Yeah. But it might not be to maybe not overseas. So, here we go. And other countries don't listen to us. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Um, should we do it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. I'm ready. Let's ghost. On 31st of August, 1977, single mother of four, Peggy Hodgson, called 999 to inform police about a domestic disturbance. The disturbance, however was supernatural i wrote this this is writing wow uh, <laughs> they lived in a rented semi-detached council house on green street brimsdown enfield the footage of this place uh which i've watched a bit of it's very 70s but not in like a glam way yeah i mean i've seen um it. it's very made in dagenham yeah uh it's 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 but I think that's what makes it spookier made to me. Made in Enfield, you could say. <laughs> made in Enfield. It's what I... I think it's spookier, though. Yeah, because I think because it's, it's like so, like... Normal. Yeah, it's like... As opposed to sort of, I don't know, some big 
haunted mansion. Victorian Gothic mm. mansion in America somewhere. Um, Peggy's children were 14-year-old Margaret, 11-year-old Janet, 10-year-old Johnny, and 7-year-old Billy. One version of the story I read, Margaret was called Rose. Oh. So... That was her middle name. I had to work out if they were the same person. So... There might be a rose, but it's not in a spooky way. Janet and Johnny shared a bedroom, and one night, Janet was awoken by the feeling that her bread was being shaken. Her bread? <laughs> this really shakes my bread. Who <laughs> <laughs> crumbs? Uh, <laughs> um, yes, the wholemeal poltergeist. <laughs> Best of both. Um... So we don't know exactly what happened that night. Janet at the time was too frightened to say. And when she grew up, she said, I can't remember everything. It was 25 years ago. You see, um, but I remember the main events. That sort of thing leaves scars. She called for her mother, who came rushing in. But as soon as she turned on the light, the bed stopped moving. Janet was told off and was told that it was just a nightmare. And she actually believed it. However, the following night, Janet and Johnny both awoke to the sound of something shuffling in the dark at the end of their room. Terrified, they called for their mother again. She once again opened the door and turned on the lights and was met by a calm, silent scene. The mother was furious with them, uh, two nights in a row mucking around and scaring her mother half to death. She, she scolded them, which I think is just... That's not actually hitting. No, it's just telling them off. Telling them off. Yeah. Um, Unless it's scolded of an A, in which case she threw really hot water and they, on them. They, they, and she said, well, it was one of yours. Disgusting! <laughs> she wasn't. Uh, she turned the light off and left them. <laughs> but just as their mother's footsteps faded away, the sound returned, this time matched with the sound, like, the sound of breathing. and Yes, some some living presence. Janet and Johnny sat upright, turned on their lamp um, and as soon as they did a chest of drawers slid across the door a cl- cl- sid- le- slid across to the door and banged into it blocking it from opening again the two children cried out for their mum this time she tried to ignore them but their screams were so ha- hauntingly scared there was no element of mischief or enjoyment in it that she had to run back Pecky pushed open the door with all her might and was again very angry to see uh, that they had pranked her. Um, she thought they pranked her. Yeah. They put the chest against the door. Um, How old were they at the time again? Um, ten and eleven. That'd be quite hard to move a chest of drawers. Yeah. For little kids. Um, she pushed the chest of drawers back into the corner. Um, but as soon as she did, it slid all the way back to the door again, just as before. She tried moving it back, but it was like it was being pushed with an invisible force. She immediately took her two children by the hands and went downstairs to the kitchen. They didn't speak. Um, Peggy was dumbfounded. But then the silence of the kitchen was interrupted by a deep, hollow knocking coming from every wall. Thump, 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 I've written. Because I feel wow. like I'm a real R.L. Stein. Um... <laughs> Uh, Peggy couldn't believe it was ghosts. She thought it must be a human intruder, so she called the neighbours. Together, they all searched the house and found nothing. But all the while, the knocking continued. They chased it through the house, finding nothing but empty rooms. 
but the knocking wasn't just a sound. The walls were vibrating. Mm-hmm. Pictures fell off hooks and um, hanging lights swung and the sound was even coming from the floor. Peggy called the police and Constable Caroline Heaps showed up soon. The knocking didn't stop when she arrived and fill- and she filled out an official police report confirming it. However, while she was there, something else happened. A chair in the kitchen violently rose into the air, hung there for a second before falling down and moving across the room until it hit a wall. Now, Constable Heaps didn't know what to do. Uh, No crime was technically being committed. Um, So she did what... Sorry about that. She did what she thought was right and she contacted the Daily Mirror. Uh, The next day, eager journalists descended on their, now of course, calm and peaceful home. Um, But as soon as the disappointed press closed the doors of their cars and drove off, it all began again. Lego bricks, marbles, toys began flying across the room. Uh, One photographer from the press that came back the next day actually got a Lego brick to the eye. uh, Which left a mark. Um, And so, of course... You go from police, then the press, and then the paranormal researchers. And it's our old friends, the Society for the Cyclical Research, which I think we've mentioned before. Founded in 1882, famous members. Not the Society for Cyclists Research. No. (laughs) What are they? (laughs) (laughs) How, when will we ever know? Um, And so our guy this week is Morris Gross. Yes. You can confirm this. I can confirm this. That name rings a bell. Are you sad you're not doing this? No, I'm not listening to it. Okay. <laughs> that was a nice bedtime story, this is. Okay, so this is him talking. Shall I do a voice? This one's a gross one. When I first got there. No, let's make this scary. <laughs> when I first got there. That's my Timothy Spall. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to like, what is the Timothy? I saw him the other day. Or just... Like last year. <laughs> the day last year. Um, just like walking around uh, Soho. Yes, he does. He's looking quite slim. Anyway, when I first got there, nothing happened for a while. But then I experienced Lego pieces flying across the room and marbles. And then, uh, and the extraordinary thing was, when you picked them up, they were hot. Mm-hmm. Which is relevant to poltergeist type activity i was standing by the table in the kitchen and a t-shirt leapt off the table and flew into the other side of the room whilst i was standing by it i thought well that's good now we've really got something (laughs) um he said that the knocks would come from the always come from the other side of the room you'd chase them to listen closely and they'd have moved as if it was leading you somewhere (laughs) over the next few months he saw sofas floating beds sofas I don't know why that multiple sofas, uh, beds, tables, and wardrobes spinning on the spot, coins dropping out of thin air, the sound of dogs barking from empty rooms. Um, and Gross said that these were all common poltergeist phenomena going back to Roman times, but he'd never seen them all at once so concentrated. Well, Romans didn't have sofas. So that's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Roman coins. Anyway, uh, the entity stopped caring about things and started focusing on the children one day 14 year old margaret began screaming from the staircase i can't move it's got my leg (laughs) it was the neighbor who got to her first seeing her stood on the staircase on one leg with the other outstretched being tugged by thin air gross and the neighbor took both of her wrists and tried to pull her away but couldn't (laughs) until eventually i assume they did (laughs) 
because uh, there's no more to that story. They couldn't until they, they did. did. That's a, that's a lot. A lot of my ghost stories are like like they couldn't do that. The next day, okay. they did. <laughs> um, ja- Janet also began having violent trances. She said there wasn't a night in which she wasn't thrown from her bed or something in her bedroom didn't move. So they set up an experiment. The empty they emptied her bedroom of everything, wondering what would happen if there was nothing in there for the entity to throw. Instead, all they heard was the sound of violent retch- retching. Ugh, that's really gross. Mm. It's common belief that poltergeists tend to put their focus on young girls at the cusp of adolescence, and while 14-year-old Margaret was believed to be the draw initially, all the activity peaked on Thursday the 15th of December when Janet had her first period. Uh, Sexist ghost stories. Creepy. Creepy. This was the night the possessions began. (gasps) Janet was shaking violently in her bedroom, which sadly was not something new. But Gross set up his recording equipment um, anyway. And this night, Janet finally began to speak, answering Gross's questions about what was happening. However, it wasn't Janet that answered. It was a deep, gruff, angry voice. The voice of a man named Bill, who had lived in the house before them and had died. How had Bill died, you ask? Let's ask him. Uh, Do you uh, want to hear? Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I think I've heard it before a bit and it's really creepy. I want you to tell me whether you remember what happened to you when you died. Just before you died and just after you died. Yeah, that's what I listened to last night in bed when it was dark. That is not what you want. That's not bedtime. The things we do for you guys. Mm. So now you can listen to it in the bed in the dark. Um, I've also now completely lost where uh, I was keeping my... I don't um... see how like, a little girl could fake that. No, I believe that they um, asked her to try and recreate the voice and she couldn't get any yeah, close like, to that. I think you'd have to like really hurt your throat. Mm. Also just like the accent. Yeah. It's very disturbing. And, like, what little girl knows about a hemorrhage? I know. Very disturbing. Um, The voice would also bark like a dog and sing songs. And there's a lot more of that recording, and you can hear that if you want. What songs did it sing? I didn't get that far. um, (laughs) Hips don't lie. When it starts... That's, that's like, the third or fourth question they ask. But when they first start, it's just kind of going... "Ah, ah, ah." It's not good. Like, creepy old men, you, like, leer at you on the street. Yeah. Well, they didn't do that to me. Um, the possessions were so were too much for Janet's mother, Peggy, who wanted the investigation to stop because she was scared for her daughter's life. Now it's time for the sceptics. Um, Gross invited more members of the Society for the Psych- of Cyclist Research, <laughs> including Anita Gregory, um, who believed it all to be a hoax. Once she visited to watch possession, Janet felt it wasn't going to happen that night. So, sceptic Anita said that this was proof that this was all an echo chamber of people frightening each other. 
And so Janet said, sometimes the possessions only work when everyone closes their eyes. So Anita agreed to close her eyes, and when she did, Janet and her brother threw a bunch of slippers and Lego at her. <laughs> um, unfortunately, this didn't help their case. She got burned. <laughs> um, neither did some footage of Janet blending spoons and jumping on her bed happily to fake the sounds of possession to those downstairs. She hadn't realised she was being filmed, and unfortunately this led for, to the press, the paranormal community, and many trusted allies to turn against the family to say it was all a hoax. However, Janet, as an adult, freely admitted that they'd, ho- they'd hoaxed portions of it. She claims somewhere between 2 and 10%. Um, but she says, once people started demanding the hauntings of us, we felt pressured to deliver the goods. The more people kept coming and going into our house, the less phenomena happened, but the more people wanted to see it. We became frustrated and unhappy. That's fair. Janet now lives with her own children who haven't been told of the hauntings. She doesn't like talking about them, clearly haunted by the true entity and ashamed of the forgery. But to me, at least, faking the hauntings is even sort of more proof that something bad was happening in the house. I don't think a child really goes to that place with their imagination. Um, I believe they did hear something and feel something, and as Janet says, that sort of thing leaves scars. I'm surprised, like, her kids wouldn't find out about it through, like, the internet or something by this point. Yes, I'm sure, I'm sure they know. But they, she's not I read that she it. just hasn't told the youngest. Yeah. Because um, the, the article I quoted was an interview with her. Yeah. Um, and she was talking about how they had to let one of the kids out of the house um i'm gonna show you a picture you probably probably see probably seen uh, which you know could be her jumping off the bed like, yes. um but it has i think part of it's just like the un- the creepiness of 70s houses and 70s photography as well always looks really like has a weird brown tinge yeah and like brown even orange. ones w- which aren't ghost photography you're just kind of <laughs> looking for the ghost in it. and just seeing kids screaming is just yeah. unpleasant so that is the That's Enfield good. haunting or the poltergeist. Yeah. I, need to start, I initiated my own plan then. Uh, cool. Yeah, so good. Man, that voice is horrible. If you want to listen to more, do it in the daytime. Yeah, don't do it at night. Um, or do do it at night. <laughs> do do. Do do it. <laughs> do do it at night. It's a serious podcast, Hamish. Well, it is. I got chilled. Then multiply. <laughs> I'm staying in control, though. Okay. My, are you ready for mine? <sighs> yeah. Okay. Mine is set in Australia. Oh, so upside you, down, guys. Yeah. So you may... Where's Justin from? Australia. <laughs> well, I guess. He's in a, from a town called Sale, which he says is um, near Melbourne, but it's not. It's about four hours drive. Okay. So this is sort of in that area, I think. Um, it's called the Monte Cristo Homestead. Okay. Don't know about it. Well, apparently, it's the most haunted house in Australia. <sighs> okay, so some background. In the mid 1800s, the town of Juni in New South Wales grew prosperous with the gold rush and the new railway, which passed through linking Sydney and Melbourne. <laughs> this is also nowhere near. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's probably like five hours between both or something. It's not even in the same state, I think. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, so it was here that Christopher and Elizabeth Crawley 
built their home, Monte Cristo Homestead, in 1884, after Christopher became wealthy from the hotel he put opposite the train station. Because mm-hmm. he, he saw an opportunity to come in with that. Um, the first official death, so, <laughs> this is, this is, which I found very curious wording in, the, in my research, uh-huh. so I don't know if there were other ones, um, was... Oh yeah, I got. I partly got this from an article and also from a video of like a pilot of some TV series called The Believers. <laughs> um, but a lot of that was like where they take a medium around and they go around saying, "I sense something," uh-huh. and then I couldn't bother to watch all the women <laughs> sensing things. <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah, the first official death was that of the Crawleys' ten-month-old daughter Ethel. Her nanny was pushed by an invisible force and dropped the baby down the main staircase. Mm-hmm. And to her dying day, she insisted that she felt something. Um, well, you would, wouldn't you? Just, I feel I should maybe have a warning for this story. Coming up, there is like child death and sort of um, not detailed, but mentions of child abuse. So mm-hmm. just to warn people who may not like to hear that. Um. To this day, visitors can sense a sinister presence on the stairs, and young children become especially agitated there. Um, and also, I didn't write this down, but I remember um, people often get off having like asthma attacks and panic attacks on the stairs. Mm-hmm. It could have been really dusty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so next was Mr. Crawley himself. In 19- he died in 1910 at the age of 69. Um, he he was a harsh and brutal taskmaster to his workers so they probably weren't too sad when he succumbed to heart failure caused by the blood poisoning he contracted from a gangrenous abscess on his neck formed by rubbing of his starch collars which Ooh. is potentially one of the mankiest ways to die I've ever mm. he died in one of the bedrooms and years later a woman also died in the same room most likely from botched abortion in the 23 years after her husband's death, Elizabeth only left the homestead twice. She spent the rest of her days in mourning, self-imprisoned within the chapel. In 1933, she died of a ruptured appendix, age 92. The last of the Crawleys moved out in 1948. But there are more deaths. Mm. Other deaths um, but that I couldn't find like dates for um, were... A maid jumped and fell to her death from the balcony. A stable boy was burned and tortured to death. And then there is a story of Harold Steele. Ooh. Maybe a relation. Well, my brother's called Harry Steele. It's definitely Harold. Mm, past life. Mm. For 40 years, the intellectually disabled Harold was kept on a chain in the cottage on the homestead that he lived in with his mother, who was a caretaker there. One day, she passed away in her sleep, leaving the chained-up Harold to cradle his mother's corpse for days until they were discovered. Mm. Severely malnourished and distraught, he was removed and taken to an institution and he died shortly afterwards. So, finally, in 1961, another... Oh, I started that sentence on a very bad tone. (laughs) Let me start that again. In 1961, another caretaker was murdered by a, a local who was inspired by Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Don't blame Hitchcock. Well, I'm not, I'm just saying, 
That's what the de- that's what my research said. This uh, y- youth um, <laughs> watched uh, Hitch uh, Psycho like over and over, and then went up to the homestead with a rifle and mm. shot the caretaker. Blimey. Um. So after this, ha- <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, so after this, the house was abandoned for two years until 1963, when Reg and Olive Ryan bought it, and they still live there today. Oh right. Um, and you can go and visit and do like ghost tours there and stuff. Um, the conditions were awful, with no running water or electricity, and lots of missing doors and windows. Is this a Yelp review about the ghost tour? <laughs> <laughs> He just said it in a weird way. I was like, sorry. Yes. Continue. But the Ryans moved in immediately anyway. Mm-hmm. Soon after, one night in June 1963, when the electricity still hadn't been connected, and they only had one kerosene lamp, Reg came home to see bright lights streaming from all the doors and windows. Mm. Very X-Files, I think. Lights spook me. Um, the Ryans have said that they feel presence, presences in the house, Especially in the drawing room, but they haven't been harmed all the years. Um, they must be lucky that the ghosts like them then, because Mrs. Crawley, the most active of the ghosts, doesn't hesitate to harass unwanted guests in her home. <laughs> um, she has ordered people out of the dining room and wanders around the chapel, all in black, carrying a big silver cross. Usually it's the exorcist that had to carry the cross. Mm. What are you doing in this case? I'm guessing she's keeping the exorcist away. Mm. <laughs> um, Christopher Crawley um, is seen in the hallway and sad faces are seen st- staring through the second story window of the bedroom where both he and the excuse me, and the young woman in labour died. Even though there's not a balcony there on the outside. So yeah, floating. Creepy. Because when it said the other, the other way around, you see faces peering out. Mm. It was definitely mentioned that they peered in. Mm. Um, the young maid who I mentioned earlier, who jumped to her death, um, she can be seen slowly gliding along the front balcony. Just below, despite being cleaned of bleach, her bloodstains remain. Um, then outside the coach house, the ghost of the stable hand, Morris, um, Reuters. He slept in the stables, but one day he took ill and couldn't work, so his boss tortured him and then set fire to his bedding. Uh, Morris was too ill to escape. Um, and when I watched the thing with the medium, she like went into the coach house and said she could like feel the like someone being like stabbed and like an angry energy, which would have been of the coach hmm. master boss man. Um, she said it was very unpleasant. Um, but uh, the caretaker who died most recently, 1961, doesn't seem to linger on. But the words, die, die, Jack, ha, ha, were, which were most likely written by his young killer, um, are, are scrawled on the wooden door to the caretaker's cottage still. Die, Jack. Ha ha. Yeah. Wow. So either a murderer or a edgelord. Yeah. Or <laughs> an edgelord murderer. Um, so to any Jacks listening. Watch out. Watch out. Namely Jack, a friend who I know who listens to this. <laughs> um, don't go to Australia. Yeah, they don't like you there. That seems like an unpleasant place to um, 
stay. Yeah. Um, but we'll add it to our ever-growing list of ghost tour. Uh, it's a very long way. <laughs> I'm sure I'll find a way to be there at some point. But yeah, I think uh, Justin's from is from Victoria, New South Wales. Yeah. Is next door, but uh, a bit. The scale is so huge yeah. over there. We're not quite used to it. Cool. That's that. Are your bones chilled? Are your bumps goosed? Are your spines tingled? Are your are your skins crawled? Um, if you have your own ghost story, please post it on the Facebook group or send it to thepoltercast at gmail.com. Or, well, and you can tweet us at thepoltercast on Twitter. Yes, or uh, find us individually, however you want. Um, <laughs> yellow pages. <laughs> yellow pages. Um, Social security numbers. The white pages for contacting the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh Death Note. Death Note. Um, contact us through Ouija boards. Crystal balls. And... The Mirror. <laughs> the Mirror. Um, but not the Daily Mirror. No, just a mirror. Any mirror. Just don't break it. All mirrors. Um, but just until... Chant our names three times. Uh, yes. The Poltercast. The Poltercast. <laughs> the Poltercast. We're going to But uh, until next time. Rest in peace.